0: Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage podcast with Greg Gregory. Join us as Greg interviews powerful thought leaders and successful team and leadership experts from across the country on teamwork, leadership, and organizational culture. Now let's check in for this week's episode.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Teamwork Advantage. I'm your host, Greg Gregory, and we are absolutely fortunate today To have with us one of my best friends, my mentor, uh, my guru, I mean, there's not enough words for me to describe how much I care for this gentleman that's our guest today. Let me get through the formal aspects of some of his uh, bio, and we'll jump right into everything where we focus on teamwork, leadership, and culture. But let's just a little bit of a listen here about Dr. Willie Jolly. There are many motivational speakers, and then there is the one, the only, the incomparable, Dr. Willie Jolly. has been described simultaneously as a world-class, award-winning speaker, singer, and best-selling author, as well as a media personality. He's achieved remarkable heights in the speaking industry and having been fired as a singer and replaced by a karaoke machine. So he knows what setbacks are all about. He's gone on to be named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International. He's inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame and achieved the distinction certified speaking professional by the National Speakers Association. Uh, Dr. Jolly uses his public platform to pursue a mission of empowering and encouraging people to rise above their circumstances and maximize their God-given potential. Many know him as the speaker that Ford Motors called on when they were on the brink of bankruptcy. His work helped Ford reject a government bailout and go on to a billion-dollar profits. Dr. Jolly is the author of a number of best-selling books, including It Only Takes a Minute to Change Your Life, A Setback is a Setup for a Comeback, and Turn Setbacks into Greenbacks, and An Attitude of Excellence, which was endorsed by Dr. Stephen Covey. I also recognized that he's written a popular marriage book with his beautiful wife, D. Taylor Jolly, called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last. He holds a degree in Doctor of Ministry uh, degree and faith-driven achievement from California Graduate School of Theology and a Master's in Theology from Wesley Theological Seminary and a BA in psychology and sociology from the American university. That's the formal stuff. I had the privilege to meet Willie Jolly back in 1994. I saw him open up for another speaker and I was inspired so much by him. And I owe a lot of what I do today strictly to what Willie has done for me. He's been there every step of the way and every achievement he's applauded me And every failure, he's lifted me up. And that's the power of what this man can do. Today, he's going to talk to us about those setbacks and how to achieve greatness in our lives. One of the things I want to just read to you right now is from his book, and it goes like this. In every life, there comes a time, a minute when you must decide to stand up and live your dreams or fall back and live your fears. In that minute of decision, you must grasp the vision, Seize the power that lies deep inside of you. Then you will see that dreams really can and do come true. And that all things truly are possible. If you can just believe it only takes a minute to change your life. It only takes a minute to learn that a setback is nothing but a set up for a comeback. Willie, right now, we're going through troubling times in so many different levels in this country. Setback after setback after setback. I think we're ready for a comeback.
0: Well, Greg, first of all, I want to thank you for having me and for that kind introduction. And uh, also thank you for being my friend all these many years, and we have been uh, good friends. Uh, we've dined together, we've, we've laughed together, we've cried together. So uh, I'm grateful for your friendship. Uh, To all your listeners, uh, those who might know me from hearing me speak or my radio programs or any other activity, know I always start the same way. I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it, forced upon me. I can't refuse it. I didn't seek it. I didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but our eternities are wrapped up in it. And so we got to make the most of this minute, this moment. And I want to applaud all of your listeners for uh, making this podcast a part of their routine. And I would encourage them to subscribe to your podcast so they can get notifications of when new episodes are available. So, as you said, we are in an incredibly... Um, challenging time. We've got a pandemic followed by the, well, at the same time, uh, economic downturn, then massive job loss, then racial strife, then social upheaval, and in the midst of a very challenging, divisive, divisive um, presidential election. And so we got a lot going on. Now, any one of those things by itself could be disruptive to our way of life, but we not only have them happening, but all happening at the same time. And so how do you handle that? What do you do in these times of massive disruption, massive setbacks, massive uh, anxiety moments, and massive situations where you don't know what's coming next? Well, what I say is that it's going to take your mindset, to help you through this. You gotta change your mindset. You gotta change your thinking. And you're right, a setback is a setup for a comeback. And this time we got setbacks are nothing but setups <laughs> for comebacks. So these setbacks are our time and our way of preparing for the comeback. Other thing I like to tell people as we look at this is that if you live long enough, you're gonna see more. So in my years of being here as a speaker, even just as a speaker, not even my wholeness or or the fullness of my life and and my speaking, I started speaking in 1990 and and I've seen in the 1990s, uh, there were some um, economic issues. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then in 2001, there was 9-11 and then in 2008, there was the economic downturn of Great Recession. And now we're in uh, uh, COVID-19. And what I've learned from that is, every decade is gonna bring a crisis. You must expect that. And so what we must do is learn from this crisis to prepare for the next one. We don't know what it's gonna be, we don't know how it's gonna come. But we do know that history teaches us that every decade something happens to disrupt our normalcy. and you talked about the fact that, and you're the king of teams. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm glad I'm glad you're listening. You probably know, but you might have just stumbled on this podcast. Greg Gregory is the, the king of teamwork. Now this guy is the best teamwork speaker I know, and expert, in it, and and so I I'm always impressed with his ability to go into an organization that is disjointed and running amok and uh, lots of different agenda that everybody has their own and get them on the same page, how he is able to do that. So I want to just talk- Thank
1: you very much for that. I appreciate those comments.
0: Well, that is true. Now, uh, let's talk about leadership here. Uh, I'm honored that I was the uh, uh, president of the Washington, D.C. chapter of the uh, National Speakers Association. I was the um, first African-American elected to- the National Speakers Association board of um, uh, board of directors, and and uh, uh, I am now the chair. I just recently came the chair of, chair of the uh, National Speakers Association CPAE Hall of Fame Leadership Council, and I'm again the first African American. I'm honored to do that. Um, so. Um, I, I am grateful that I am able to um, be able to share some of the lessons I've learned uh, from that um, with your, your audience. So here's what I want to say with all, um, all your audience, that leadership, first of all, is an action, not a position. That's first of all. Leadership is an action, not a position. Many people think that that a leader is someone who is the president, the vice president, CEO, the chairman of the board. But really leadership is making a commitment to do the necessary work to get your job done, wherever it is you're in an organization or even wherever you are in your life. So leadership is not a position, it's an action. Second thing about leadership is that leaders are not born, I mean, not, not de- yeah, not born, but are developed. Many people think, well, you know, he's a born leader, she's a born leader, but I say that majority of leaders are not born leaders. They're developed, and they're developed through a process. Look, if you take a piece of coal, ordinary, everyday piece of coal, and separate it from the pack, and put it in a very difficult, pressurized place, then it will be transformed over time from that piece of coal ordinary to a diamond. I believe the same is true for leaders. I don't believe when a baby's born, the doctor take the baby, slap it on the behind and say, okay, put this one, get it crying and say, okay, now put this one over in the leadership group. No, he will say this baby has potential and capacity and abilities that it can do great things with its life if it's willing to develop itself. And so I believe that we must make a commitment to develop ourselves and for me personally for those who don't know my story i think it's always important and and, and critical to give you some context why i say this and how i can say this and what my background can help you to understand why this might have some validity for you i definitely was not a born leader i was not even a born speaker I was not a born uh, entrepreneur. I was not a born author. I was a nightclub singer. I was a nightclub singer singing in dark, dank, smoke-filled nightclubs in Washington, D.C. I won a number of awards as best jazz singer, best entertainer, best performer. I was having a ball. I was doing what I thought was going to be my my rest of my life, life, you know, I was I was enjoying it. Every Friday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, we'd have two shows a night. People would line up seven o'clock for the eight o'clock show, nine o'clock for the ten o'clock show. It was a it was a packed out audience every every show. We were doing great. I bought a little house. I had a I mean, a little sports car. And, you know, I'm doing good, making money, having fun. Well, one night I went in the nightclub club owner says we made a change. I said, What do you mean? He said, We love your band, but. We found something that's cheaper that's filling up nightclubs. We can get a better return on our investment and we can make more money. And it's not personal because we love you and the people love you. But we figure that people will come to this new experience as well. We bought a karaoke machine. They're filling up nightclubs all over the country and it's a lot cheaper than a pan. And I was devastated. I said, but what about my bills? And I, I learned that nobody cares about your bills, but you and the people you owe. And I went home and told my wife, my bride, who who Greg mentioned already, who I've been married to now for 35 years, and uh, we haven't had an argument in over 33 years. And people ask, you never had an argument? No, we haven't had an argument in 33 years. Those first couple of years are like World War Three. But we learned some principles that we learned from some mentors that helped us. Right away, let me give you another a point to write down. There are two ways to get to any goal, mentors and mistakes. Both will get you there. One just gets you there with less headache, heartache, and knocks upside your head. So if you want to find a way to get to a goal and find a way to achieve something more rapidly, you get a mentor. They know the places where the the, the bumps are, the the holes in the road. They know where things have happened and how to do it. Get a mentor. Well, we got mentors. My wife and I were, were newly married. We were arguing and things were not going good. We got mentors who had been married 30, 40, 50, 60 years, who taught us principles on how to not only stay married, but enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. And again, I go back to that word, I wanna give you another little tip here, principles. Principles are critically important to your life. Uh, Methods are many, principles are few. Methods may change, but principles, Never do. Still, you throw a rock up a hundred times, it'll come down a hundred times. It won't stay up not one time, because of a principle called gravity. The principles that we that we learned about marriage, have worked and and we embrace them. And the principles we've learned about life. And so we wrote a book: Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last. And now many married couples are, are, are calling and saying. Our marriage has been fixed. Our marriage has been healed. We are doing much better because of these principles that you shared, that you learned. So my wife, I went home to my wife and said, I've got to do something else after being fired and replaced by the karaoke machine. Took a job with the school system as a drug prevention coordinator, talking to little kids about staying away from drugs and developing myself in the process. When I got fired, uh, Greg, a friend of mine did something that changed my life. He gave me a motivational tape and a motivational book. I had never heard a motivational cassette tape, motivational speech, anything. It was a guy named Charlie Tremendous Jones, who you, you well known. Yep. And Charlie Tremendous Jones had a famous quote, a famous saying that said, in five years, years. go ahead, you'll be the same person you are
1: today. If, except for the people you meet and the books you read.
0: That's it. Five years. And so I started reading books and meeting people. I met some of the people uh, live but some of the people i met through their books some through their audio and i started going to seminars i started changing my inputs with the turn changed my outputs so the leadership was something that i had to develop i had to grow it i had to put it on and so that led to me starting speaking a speaking business because i started working with the school system started giving speeches the school system i worked there a year i was having great results great fun from little kids, the, the teachers would say, could you come to my teacher's group? Someone in the teacher's group would say, can you come to my church? Someone in the church would say, can you come to my company? Then Les Brown, the great motivational speaker, heard me speak and invited me to be on tour with him and Gladys Knight, and that allowed me to get introduced to corporate America as well as the media. I got a little uh, media radio show, or a little radio show via the media introductions, and it got Popular got syndicated, and now you can hear me on SiriusXM, XM where I have the number one self help show in the country. Now you can hear me on Radio One stations daily across America where I have a daily popular one minute radio message, Wake Up and Win with Dr. Willie Jolly. You can see me on Instagram and uh, IGTV with my daily one minute videos. You can hear me on Monday nights with our Happily Married Monday uh, with the Jollies TV broadcast on Facebook Live as well as Saturday morning on my. Jolly Good News uh, Facebook Live with the Jolly Good News Report. And all of that is happening because I decided to be proactive and work on myself. That leads to after uh, the books and the TV and and the radio. In 1999, I, I got a call from Toastmasters International, letting me know I was named one of the top five speakers in the world that year. Only 50 people have gotten that award. Colin Powell, Norman Schwarzkopf, Nelson Mandela, Margaret Thatcher, Christopher Reed. And in 2005, I was inducted into Speaker Hall of Fame. And in 2013, I was named a legend of the speaking industry. And all happened, Greg, because it's people you meet who inspire you and the books you read that empower you. They'll help you become the leader that you have the capacity to be. But it's because of the seeds that you develop. You weren't born that way. You developed that leadership. I know I did, and, and most people do that. So first of all, I wanted to share that leadership is not a position. It's an action. Seeing something that needs to be done and doing it. Taking action. Not waiting for somebody to tell you to do it. Not waiting for somebody to order you to do it. You know that I've got to do it because it is the right thing to do, the moral thing to do, the necessary thing to do. So uh, leadership, you know, I wrote a book, An Attitude of Excellence, uh, Greg. um, And I talk about, in this book, uh, we talk about setbacks and the comebacks, but also about leadership. And it it was written after I finished working with a little company called Ford Motor Company. In 2006, they were on the brink of bankruptcy. They brought me in to work with them. I worked with them in 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009. They were able to reject a government bailout, go from losing millions to making billions. And then General Motors heard about their success, read about it in the newspaper. and called me and asked me to work with them. And then Marriott, Johnson & Johnson, Verizon, Comcast, Mm-hmm. one after another, started calling and saying, if you can help Ford, you can help us. So it's been an amazing thing, but it, it all started because I learned these principles about leadership and about teamwork. And what I want to share, and when that, that, that's why I wrote the book, An Attitude of Excellence, how the best organizations get the best performance from the best people. So leadership is critical, and everybody has the potential to be a great leader, but you must be willing to go through that process like a piece of coal to become the diamond that is inside of you, just needs to be developed.
1: There's, there's no doubt. And I've been listening to another book along those same lines called atomic habits about developing the habits to become successful leader, to be able to do the things you're talking about. And that's, that's so powerful today.
0: Yes, indeed, absolutely, absolutely. So, then, then, then let's talk about uh, uh, about teamwork. I mean, of course, you're the you're the king of, of developing teams and helping um, teams to create uh, success. In this attitude of excellence book, I I interviewed people. Uh, a lot. The foreword was written by Stephen Covey. We had the opportunity to do an event together. Uh, for those who don't know, he wrote a book on seven habits highly effective people.
1: And just a little book, just, you know, a, little just, book. just a little book just that little at one book. point uh, was the number three best best-selling book of all time behind the Bible and the dictionary.
0: That's right. Uh, I think 50 million copies. Uh, we did an event together in uh, Australia, New Zealand and Australia, and uh, he wrote a wonderful quote. Uh, I, gave him, I asked him to read the book and if he could give me a quote. And he did. He said, talk about a brilliant, inspiring, motivating book, reading it. Laced with powerful practical examples affirms and empowers you to choose success, to choose excellence, to see change and constant improvement as an ally instead of a fearsome enemy, and to choose a complementary team style where strengths are made productive and weaknesses made irrelevant because of the strength of other team members, intertwining personal and organizational cultural development is so vitally and beautifully illustrated throughout. What an illuminating uplifting read. And then I'm honored that he wrote the foreword and then Alan Malali from Ford wrote the intro. He wrote, Dr. Jolly has written a powerful new book that speaks to the impact of an attitude of excellence by every member of our teams. Our attitude of excellence creates a high performance, smart and healthy working together culture that pulls everyone together around a compelling vision, comprehensive strategies and relentless positive implementation for the benefit of all the organization's stakeholders share this with every member of your team. And and I wanted to talk about that, those two quotes, because they both focused on teams and how this book was the result of my lessons from learning at Ford and then working with GM and interviewing them and and working with Johnson and Johnson and Verizon and all these different companies, Walmart, and saying, what did I learn from each one of them? How did I become better? And then putting that into the book. And one of the, key components that I learned was the power of teams that it takes teamwork to make the dream work. You gotta, you gotta get
1: a team. Anybody work. who knows me knows it's one of my quotes. I'm constantly putting out there on social media all the time.
0: Absolutely. And so, you know, it, it, you really do have to think team, act team, um, a team that works like a team, thinks like a team mm-hmm. is a team that will win like a team. Yes. And and we see it so often in sports we use those analogies of the the sports uh, teams that think team first tend to win more rather than separate agenda yeah. and so so we, we and look and what we found is it happens and not just in work coach it happens in 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 life in families and marriages. My wife and I are a team um we work together, we think together, we act together, we, we, we're in this together. That's probably why we've been able to get past arguing, because we know that we're on the same team. We're on the same team. And so, one of the things we talk about in the marriage book is a lesson from one of the guys who was on the Get Motivated tour with us. I had the honor of replacing Zig Ziglar on the Get Motivated tour, and it was me and Les Brown and Damon John and and um, Tom Hopkins and, and, and so forth. But there was a guy who was a, a George Bush impersonator who would open the show. And, and uh, he looked just like George Bush. Uh, but he would talk about after backstage, we were talking We were talking about writing the book. He said, let me tell you how my wife and I have been married for 40 years. We used to be uh, on, on different sides of, of a net and we'd be arguing about something and we'd be adversaries. He said, one day we said, oh, this isn't working. So we've made a shift. We got on the same side of the net and our adversary was the problem whatever it may be. And we went against the problem together. And I said, that's just a great analogy that people can visualize in their head. Yeah. And so D and I, are like that. We, we, we attack the problem rather than each other. Right. And that that was, that
1: ha- was my wife. Glenda and I did the same thing.
0: That's right. That's right. So we want to encourage uh, couples. We want to encourage people. We want to encourage whoever that don't, don't just think of team just as your workplace. But also your home, your family. My family gotta be a team. My son Mm -hmm. gotta be part of the team. We gotta be all in we gotta be all in this together because we got some goals. So by the way, one of of the key things, one of the key
1: things you brought up earlier was principles are few and they never change.
0: That's right.
1: And everybody on the team, when they've got the same principles, brings them stronger and closer together to go for that direction.
0: That's exactly right. Exactly right. So
1: you know, I go back to the old T V show of the nineteen seventies, Dallas. Mm. Okay. And how Bobby and J.R. Ewing used to fight each other all the time, yet let an outside force come in and they pull together. Right. That's right. That's and that's, right. that's what great teams do, whether it's family or business or sports. That's right. That's exactly yeah, right. I always say that you show me a group of, uh, a, a team of average players and they will beat a group of superstars every day.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. Who play together. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Um, a great example. I'll give you the best example. You, you hit it or not, and I, didn't, I just thought of it. In the book, I talk about one of the greatest teams that ever I've ever experienced with the Chicago Bulls during the time of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, mm-hmm. uh, during that time. Now, let's look at this scenario here. Michael Jordan's uh, uh, University of North Carolina, highest school comes out of college, becomes the first-round draft choice, goes to Chicago. But he's a one-man band. He's a one-man show, okay? And uh, for seven seasons, they could not win a championship. But then they brought in this new coach, Phil Jackson, who had a team philosophy yep. and a team-mindedness. He said, we got to change this. we got to think team. we got to think team. And if you think team Michael, he had to sell Michael on it first. If you win like a team, Michael, you will personally benefit. What? Yeah, personally benefit. Okay. He said, I got this guy, Scottie Pippen. Now, sometime I want you to get the ball to Scotty. And they think you don't – but get it to Scotty. Just get it to Scotty. I, I, got, I got a guy who's three-point expert. Sometimes you fake it to Scotty, get it to the three-point guy. I got one other guy. He's a little weird. He's weird. <laughs> but his name is Dennis Rodman. But he can rebound and play defense. And if Dennis does his job, and the three-point guy does his job, and Scotty does his job, and Michael, mm-hmm. you do your job, and I, the coach, do my job, and the water boy even does his job, yep. we'll win. And yep. though did they win, they won one championship, two championships, three championships. Michael went out to play – baseball, came back, and won a fourth, fifth, and sixth championship because they learned to think like a team. And a couple of things that were critical about that was not just the, the, the playing together like a team, but, but how they handled behind the scenes. I interviewed David Falk, uh, who was Michael Jordan's uh, uh, agent. agent and manager and partner uh, with uh, all of his uh, Nike activities. David Falk, I had him on my uh, XM show. And he said, let me tell you what was the, one of the keys to their success. Dennis could be a disruptive – Dennis Rodman could be a disruptive force at any place and could mess the team up. He said, but if you notice at the Chicago Bulls, that was one of the times when he was all in. How did that happen? Well, he was still somewhat dis- disruptive. But Michael Revin talking about it in the press, talking about it to the public, he would talk about it in the back. He Dennis said, and dinner. the team. And the tenant, he said, he'd go to Dennis and say, look, I want to win. And I know you want to win. We got to think team. So now you want to dress up like a, a bride and go to, do that on your, your time. But when we put, when you put on that uniform, you're a Chicago Bull. We're playing team. And that was one of the reasons. So what the lesson is this, that great teams understand that if you're going to win, you cannot fray the fabric of the organization by talking about each other behind each other's back. You must do it. You must have, and you have a difficult conversation that needs to be had, and that happens in everybody's life. Many times in friendships and family ships and and marriages and businesses, you got to have some time where you have to have a conversation that's uncomfortable. It's difficult. And it's doing those difficult conversations. I tell people to use the four F's formula. Four F's formula. The four F's is from my attitude book as well as it's in my marriage book. Four F's. First, be friendly. Be friendly. Start off every different mm-hmm. conversation friendly. Because if you're hostile, people put up defense mechanisms. And after being friendly, be frank. Tell the truth. This is how you made me feel, or this is how your, your actions are impacting me and the organization. Talk, be frank. Not you are so and you are that. No, no. Here's how it makes me feel. To tell your feelings. You can't tell somebody what their motivation is because you really don't know. But you can tell how it makes you feel. Be friendly, be frank, be fair. Be fair. Say, now look, let me ask you why. Give me your perspective. Give me your reason. Listen to their perspective. Be willing to listen, active listening, as I like to call it. Be friendly, be frank, be fair, then focused. Number four is be focused on a positive win-win relationship. How do we both get out of this and win? I want you to win. I want to win. So if you get those friendly, frank, fair, focused on a positive win-win, you start to have greater Acceptance of those difficult conversations, and you tend to start to win more. And that's what happened with Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan, and that's why they won those six championships. Let me give you one more quote from my XM show. That I love this one. Uh, this one is from General Colin Powell. When I interviewed General Colin Powell on my Serious XM show, he made a poignant point about the power working together as a team. He said, Suc- Success comes from a mindset of one team, one fight. Organizations that resemble warring tribes usually fail. Teams that fight as one cohesive unit tend to win. I recommend you decide to work like a team and you will win more in both professional and personal terms. Wow. Mm -hmm. Teams, leadership, teams, teamwork. And then you mentioned culture. Um, Culture, how do you create a winning culture and a successful culture? again, how do you create a successful marriage? Uh, you you know you and I both know that well, you were married a number of years I've been married a number of years it's about communication yeah yeah it really is about communication and and being willing to to listen being willing to know that I don't have to be right all the time okay I don't right. have to be right uh, i can i can um, you know I can listen to my wife and say you're right You're mm-hmm. right you know uh uh, a friend of mine, my doctors, we were riding bikes and he said, marriage is an ongoing culmination. Oh, I got to get the quote. It, it was so good, I had to put it in my phone because it was so, di- it was so right on and I mm-hmm. said, wow, that, that's a great quote. So here it is. He said, uh, marriage is a never ending series of compromises, Constantly, yeah. and, and, and great organizations do the same.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We've got to compromise. That's the way we get to win-win when we have that same common dream, that same common focus. That's the strength. Um, When you talk about culture, one of the things I look at is this this team up in New York. I think they're called the New York Yankees. Uh, (laughs) If you notice the New York Yankees are the only team in baseball. And I think in all of professional sports, that do not put the names of their jer- the names of the players on the backs of their jerseys, both home and away mm. because they're more important about being a New York Yankee. They also require uh, their players. And if I'm not mistaken, most of the people, if not all the people in the organization to have uh, the men have military grade haircuts, no visible tattoos, no mm. facial hair. They're very focused about that as part of who they are and when they present themselves. If you go back and watch the movie, coach Carter, uh, it was a lot the same way he brought that mindset of how they present themselves and they are a team on and off the court, on and off the field. Um, you know, on and off of life. I think that's, that's absolutely powerful.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, um, so anyway, you know, we're just grateful, man. We're just grateful. A part of this is a big old attitude of gratitude. It's just, yeah. I, got, I got a gratitude attitude. And I think it impacts every part of my life beyond just my, my personal life and my business, my marriage, my, my life with my kids and grandchildren. And, and, uh, and, and grateful, even when there are difficulties, when there are challenges, being grateful. Great. gratitude gives you power and it gives you a, 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 a another perspective. So mm-hmm. we want people to win in their lives, their personal lives their professional lives, their financial lives, their, their uh, relationships and their uh, health. We want people to win each and every, which way they can. And mm-hmm. that is why I'm grateful that you are set out to do this podcast, that you are now helping people to win as teams through leadership, through teamwork, through culture. And, uh, I'm just grateful that I'm able to spend some time with you and share it and talk about it and be of whatever help. I want to encourage people to go to uh, winwithwilly.com. winwithwilly.com. There's a song I recorded there called We'll Get Through This. It'll bless you. My friend Les Brown says he listens to it daily as he uh, fights cancer. He said I listen to it morning every morning and every night. It encourages me. Um, uh, so many others, uh, Kiyosaki and so many others, have started pro- pro- promoting it. And saying how it has helped them and their listeners and their viewers and their networks so go to winwithwilly.com and I encourage you to sign up for the newsletter every day I send out a one- minute positive message that, that encourages to people and I'm amazed that, Greg I'm amazed at the responses we get from people all over the world who say I
1: need it that day thank you, you Oh, I need, I need, need my I need my dose every day hey, amen <laughs> you know it's it literally folks if you've not listened to it it's 60 70 seconds and it's powerful. Um, and let's do it first thing in the morning because your batteries will get revved up. There you go, there you go, there you go. <laughs> you know, there's no doubt. So if we wanted to close this out, uh-huh. right now we're all dealing with setbacks, whether it's right. in business, whether regardless of what it is. What's the one thing that is the critical thing that everybody, regardless of their position, whether it's in a supervisory role in business, whether they're in a volunteer position, whether it's in a family life, and we're experiencing these challenges, what's the one thing, the one thing right now that we have to start with?
0: Uh, Actually, the the word comes back to where we, we talked about a little, it comes back to gratitude. Yeah, I really think that's the singular most important thing you can do during these tough times. Find some way to be grateful because gratitude gives you, an openness, a hopefulness, an expectation, versus being down, being uh, upset because thank you, you, you know you got to wear a mask or you got to you got to be socially distant. But when you're grateful, I'm grateful. I'm still here. I'm mm-hmm. grateful. I, I still got another shot. Uh, no matter what the problem is, if I get another shot, I got another shot. This morning, when I woke up, I woke up this morning. Every morning I wake up, my eyes open, I say, "Thank you." <laughs> Oh Lord, thank you. I got another one. I got another one. I got another one. Okay I got some situations some challenges some things I got to deal with but as long as I get another shot Maybe I can turn this around and that's what I want to say in the setback and to come back is that you must Have a vision for your future What I call the V dad formula a vision where you say I got some things I want to do some bigger things You got a vision for where you're going People with a vision tend to live longer and live better. Then I got to make some tough decisions. The tough decision is I got to stay away from the negatives and, and decide to go towards the positive. That's a decision. And so I got to make, as you said, thought every day with something positive, my one-minute messages. I listen myself to my message on the radio. I, I, at 8.20 on the radio, uh, it's on the Praise Network around America. I, uh, I tune in every morning at 8.20. Then I watch my video. Because I, sometimes I just need to hear for myself. Faith coming from hearing. Now I happen to be that hearing. I it. I said, wow, that was good. Ooh, that turned me on. Even though I I'd recorded it a couple of weeks ago, it reminds me. So vision, decision. Then you must take some action. A vision without an action is an illusion. An action without a vision is mere for confusion. But a vision and action put together can give your life a transfusion. And finally, vision, decision, action, desire. I want it. I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to achieve better. That's why I got the desire there. Have to get up and go work out. I have the desire. I've got to go and make sure I eat healthy. I got to get my rest. I got a desire. I want to. I want to do more. I got a desire because life is going to test you. Life is going to try you. But Goethe said, until one is committed, this hesitance, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. But the minute, the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence, the hand of God moves also. All manner of things happen that would not regularly have occurred. Boldness has genius and magic in it. Begin it now. Take action. And so I want to ask you to have a vision, decision, action, desire, and have gratitude. You'll be a better leader.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You'll have a better team. And you have a better culture. And make sure, whatever you do, subscribe to this podcast with Greg Gregory. Make it part of your routine, but more importantly, I want you to do one more thing. Tell at least five people you know about it. Say, hey, you should be listening to this podcast with this guy, Greg Gregory. It will inspire you. That's my recommendation, and I, and I encourage you and recommend, recommend you and implore you to do it because it'll make you better. Because When you help others by giving them things that helped you, you've done leadership right there.
1: Oh, exactly. We can't help someone else without brightening our own path and helping ourselves along the way.
0: That's right.
1: So Willie, as usual, I mean, we've known each other for many years. You've been there at some of my lowest points of my life and you've lifted me up and we often tease that we are brothers of different mothers. That's right. And uh, your wife has just been a blessing to me. Your son, your entire family has been there. You've invited me into your home on the holiday after my wife passed away. Yeah. And I can't tell you how much that means. Folks, listen to this one again. Listen to it when you can stop and start. I've been taking notes, but listen to this again. Listen to what Willie says, because if you do, you can win with Willie. Just throw a .com on there and you'll find him on the web. (laughs) You know, folks, my attitude is very simple. Teamwork makes the dream work. And I always tell folks, do not have a good day. Because when you have a good day, you're only having an average day. So make today an awesome day, because you are not average. Thanks again to Dr. Willie Jolly for joining us on the Teamwork Advantage. Join us again next week, and you'll hear some more inspiring stories and tips on teamwork, leadership, and culture. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: This has been the Teamwork Advantage with Greg Gregory. To learn more about how Greg can help your organization develop a powerful winning culture,
1: visit teamsrock.com, that's dot com. Be sure to join Greg next week when he
0: interviews another exciting and powerful thought leader on the Teamwork Advantage. Until then, as Greg says, make sure you have a great week because
1: a good week is just being average.